The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We welcome you to Marsh Chapel on this warm midsummer Sunday, whether you are seated here in the nave of the chapel, listening live via WBUR at 90.9 FM in the greater Boston area, listening over the internet at WBUR.org, or listening later via podcast. Please know that you are a valued part of our community. My name is Jessica Chica, and I have the pleasure of serving as the University Chaplain for International Students here at Marsh Chapel. Our Dean, the Reverend Dr. Robert Allen Hill, continues his summer travels this week and sends his warm regards to each of you. Today we welcome our guest preacher for a second week, the Reverend Dr. Lawrence Carter, Senior Dean of the Martin Luther King Jr. International Chapel and Professor of Religion at Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia. Dean Carter is also a distinguished Boston Boston University alumnus, so welcome back again, Dean Carter. We gather this morning to worship God and to be reminded of the divine gifts of grace which join us together in the body of Christ. Let us stand as we are able in praise of God.
Let us pray. O oh God, the protector of all who trust in you, without whom nothing is strong, nothing is holy, increase and multiply upon your mercy, that you, with our, you as our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal that we lose not the things eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We now enter into a time of, re of reflection on both the things that we have done and the things that we have left undone that might burden us throughout our days. As the choir sings the Kyrie, may we reflect on our lives as interconnected members of this world and children of God who are constantly struggling and striving to live out God's word in the world. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Friends, hear the good news. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. 
If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Colossians, chapter 2, verses 6 through 19. As you, therefore, have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have come to fullness in him, who is the head of every ruler and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a spiritual circumcision, by putting off the body of the flesh in the circumcision of Christ. When you were buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through the faith in the power of God, who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with him, and he forgave us all our trespasses, erasing the record that stood against us with its legal demands. He set this aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and made a public example of them, triumphing over them in it. Therefore, do not let anyone condemn you in matters of food and drink or of observing festivals, new moons, or Sabbaths. These are only a shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Do not let anyone disqualify you, insisting on self-abasement and worship of angels, dwelling on visions, puffed up without cause by a human way of thinking, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows with a growth that is from God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to you.
Psalm 85 with the antiphon. You are favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You pardoned all their sin. You withdrew all your wrath. You turned from your hot anger. Restore us again, O God, our salvation. And put away your indignation towards us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not receive us again? so that your people may rejoice in you. Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his faithful, to those who turn to him in their hearts. Surely his salvation is at hand for those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground, and righteousness will look down from the sky. The Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him, and will make a path for his steps. Let us stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Glory to you, O Lord. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. 
Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me, the door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give, give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, world without end, let everyone say, Amen. Well, what a week. With gratitude once again to Dean Robert Allen Hill, that Marva and I were able to come and be with you for a whole week and to reconnect with many friends and the university, we're ever so grateful. But what I learned about the progress and success and growth of the university from Dean Elmore and from Beth and Robert Neville, between Dean Elizabeth Moore, Vita Palladina, Sean Noel, and my good friend Mark Gray of nearly 50 years. We are richly blessed. And you know I could go on, but I must announce the text for the morning. From John, the 10th chapter, verse 16. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Won't you think with me this morning from the topic, Other Sheep I Have. Howard Thurman, former dean of this chapel, a world-renowned mystic, said to me in 1979, when you arrive in Atlanta, walk among the crimson hills, listening to the voice, then become the voice. It was Mahatma Gandhi who said in 1906, during his first nonviolent campaign in South Africa, be the change you wish to see. The advice of Thurman and the admonition of Gandhi are the long shadow of Jesus' infallible one-sentence sermon in his native synagogue. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. In other words, I will be my own scripture, the word made flesh. I will walk among you full of life and grace, and you shall know me by my fruits. My body is the temple of God, and God is in his holy temple. If you see me, you have seen the Father, the Father who sent me, for the Father and I are one. There is no separation. I will be the voice, and I will be the change. Now, the problem here is that most Christians assume that Jesus is speaking only about himself. I believe Jesus was speaking about all of us. As the struggle continues while waiting for justice, what are we to do? Well, Howard Thurman says, listen to the voice. 
then become the voice. And Mahatma Gandhi says, be the change. And Jesus says, download the word of God into your biodata so that it is fulfilled, manifested, actualized, and realized for all to hear and see and walk among us full of life and light. We must up-level our spirituality and our cooperative vibrations. If we obey, emulate, and follow the Palestinian prophet while waiting for justice, we will become justice for the LGBTQIA, the gun carriers, and the wide-nosed black Americans. For at its heart, justice is kindness or extra consideration. Kindness, I believe, is a major piece of the pattern that unites people across all boundaries, building bridges for reconciliation. 37 years of experimenting in the chapel at Morehouse College has convinced me that Christian believing is not synonymous with but secondary to Christian realization. Viktor Frankl remarked, I'm a survivor of a concentration camp. My eyes saw what no person should witness, gas chambers built by learned engineers, children poised poisoned by educated physicians, infants killed by trained nurses, women and babies shot by high school graduates. So I'm suspicious of education. My request is help your students to be human. Your efforts must never produce learned monsters skilled psychopaths, or educated Eichmanns. Reading and writing and spelling and arithmetic are only important if they serve to make students more human. In other words, your baptism must be more than a dry cleaning. The Holocaust Apartheid, segregation, untouchability, and bigotry were and are perpetuated by people who call themselves Christians, believers, and religious. Faith identities often create narrow, exclusive, mean, negative, and rival communities leading to racial and religious bias, hatred, ignorance, confrontation, violence, war, and destroyers of bridges 
to reconciliation. Teaching people to empathize with believers of other faiths, races, and professions is a strategy to eliminate hostility. A very close understanding between persons is the best defense against aggression. If I can feel you, feel for you, there's a good chance I will not hurt you. If you are not so quick to see intentionality in other people's mistakes, you may find the courage to forgive them. According to Dr. King, we need a dedicated circle of transformed nonconformists, a dedicated minority of the creatively maladjusted, not a conforming majority. I hope there is not a normal person listening to this sermon, because King left us an answer to a very important question. Can students and professors be designers of reconciliation? The answer is yes. If we shape the soul by letting its divine essence speak, if you don't like the current makeup in our global neighborhood, then work on yourself. The world in which we live is geographical oneness, and now we are challenged to make it spiritually one, said Martin Luther King. To achieve this dream, a planet of the right to universal human dignity, we must become maladjusted to anti-Semitism, casual bigotry, justifiable war, camouflaged poverty, police racism, patriotic xenophobia, arrogant sexism, varieties of raging homophobia, expedient abortion, salary inequality, environmental pollutants, and suffocating nationalism. We must practice, not just preach, deep spirituality. Yes, you have the right in this country to carry a gun, but that does not give you the right to disrespect my right to human dignity. These are the areas where the struggle continues. Daisaku Ikeda, a lay Nichiren Buddhist of Japan, calls for a revolution of the inner life. We must not confuse knowledge for wisdom. Compassionate wisdom and a natural empathy toward life in its infinite diversity 
is the goal. The failure of all of this makes police violence possible. Our goal as spiritual beings living in a spiritual universe, as planetary citizens, and as human incarnations must be diversity maturity as moral cosmopolitans. Peace can only occur, however, when each individual dares to acknowledge, appreciate, affirm, and celebrate the sacredness of all people in all religions and nations. Jesus said, other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. And that probably meant the Jewish fold for him. For he made it clear to us that his ministry was for the lost of the household of Israel. But it is also apparent in this Johannine text for this morning that Jesus was a moral cosmopolitan. He was talking about Mahatma Gandhi, an Indian Hindu, about Daisaku Ikeda, a Japanese Buddhist. And I believe this morning he was probably talking about Fethullah Gulen of Turkey, exiled in Pennsylvania. He was a Sunni Muslim. I think Jesus was talking about Shireen Ibari, Nobel Peace Prize winner and Shia Muslim from Iran, exiled from her country by her government because of her defense of women and children. These are the other sheep that I think Jesus was referring to. The Mahatma's friends frequently ask him why he did not become a Christian since he was so impressed with Jesus as the Christ, whom he believed to be the greatest human being who ever walked the earth. Gandhi responded to his friends by saying, just because I admire, love, and respect my best friend's mother does not mean that I have to give up my own mother in order to show my profound appreciation for my best friend's mother. My mother, in this case, Hinduism, has served me well. I love and respect her, and I will keep her. Because Hinduism has permitted me to use the hymns, prayers, and rituals of the great religions of the world in my search for truth and my, in my experiment with truth, irrespective of where truth comes from. If I were a Christian, Gandhi said, and attempted to use the hymns, prayers, and rituals of the great faiths of the world in my search for truth, regardless of the source, the Christians would accuse me of blasphemy. Therefore, I will remain a Hindu. I will keep my mother. 
Gandhi was a universal human, building bridges for reconciliation by respecting the truth and wisdom in all religions while waiting and working for justice. He was not petitioning, but giving himself permission. Now, I don't intend to forsake my mother, Christianity, just because more than half of the church, in my opinion, believes that preaching without practice is sufficient. You cannot hope to build a better world without improving yourself and at the same time sharing a general responsibility to model justice for all of humanity through cross-cultural and interracial affiliation. My dear friend and adopted mentor, Dr. Ikeda, says, what matters is the depth at which we live, the power of thought we manifest. Now, I have been baptized in the Jordan River, the Nile River, the Amazon River, and I have floated on the Ganges. However, it is not simply your activism that matters, but rather what you are transmitting and how you are showing up in the world. We must move from ritualizing in worship to realization, to being the thing itself, because too many people have elevated the messenger and discarded the message. They would rather worship by going from born of the Virgin Mary to crucified, dead, and buried ignoring Christ's life in between. Remember, that was really what was wrong with the movie, The Passion. They would rather see Jesus as an exception, but not as their example. Gandhi was a transformed nonconformist. He practiced a creatively maladjusted, original Hinduism that produced the most powerful, healing, nonviolent weapon of the 20th century. And this is why Dr. King said, Jesus led me to Gandhi. Other sheep I have. Why, even Pope John Paul II revealed that Gandhi taught him how to improve his spirituality. Yes, a Hindu taught the chief Catholic. Gandhi's spiritual dictionary was the Bhagavad Gita, but he read all of Islam's Koran and studied comparative religion. We must think outside of the imaginary box to survive, to grow, to learn, and to be bridge builders and reconcilers. Jesus thought outside of the proverbial box. This is why he could say, I must need go by Samaria. 
In his time, you know, the Jews and the Samaritans did not relate. The kingdom of heaven, he said, is within you. Greater things than this shall you do. That's an important thing for Christians who worship Jesus as God to remember. He thought you could do better than he did. What humility. Today, you shall be with me in paradise. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I am not working these miracles. It is the Father who worketh through me. I come not to bring peace, but a sword. And other sheep I have, which you know not of, which are not of this fold. Jesus himself pointed to a centurion soldier, a non-temple goer, when he illustrated real faith. Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel pointed to King and said, the whole future of America will depend on the impact of Dr. King. Why? Because King left us the blueprint of how to create the greatest ecumenical, interfaith, multicultural reconciliation force in modern history. We should take time to note that when King was asked who should be named Christian of the century, Martin King said, Gandhi, a Hindu. And when King was asked who should be named preacher of the century, he said, Harry Emerson Fosdick, an Anglo-American. King stepped beyond conventional group thinking to speak the truth as he understood it. He was not bound by cultural, racial, nationalistic, theological, or sexual stereotypes. Remember, King worked very closely with Bayard Rustin, a known gay man. Jesus preached, you have heard it said of old, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Do good to those who despise you. They all transcended race, age, education, class, culture, faith, sexual preference, nationality, and gender to discover and affirm truth. While waiting for justice, get out of your imaginary boxes in the pursuit of wisdom, irrespective of its source, and you will start to succeed in unexpected ways. How can we cause the light of compassion and courage to shine on the challenges and conflicts of the world's diversity while waiting for justice? Well, Edith Wharton wrote, there are two ways of spreading the light. To be the candle or the mirror that reflects it. If the world you are seeing is not to your liking. There's only one thing to do. Work on yourself.
Nothing is happening to you. It is all of your own creation. I'm the one who measures out the goodness of God in my life. How much goodness can you measure out? Can you be an architect of reconciliation toward the other sheep who are not of this fold? Jesus was. Are you? Let us pray. May we be ever conscious, dear spirit, that our world is one global village, dispelling the illusion that we are separate from one another. Grant us to know that it serves us well to unify our awareness that the Father and I are one, and that all men and women are our brothers and sisters. Together, we co-create each other into our greatest yet to be in the beloved world community. So be it, and so it is. Let everyone say, Amen. As we come to the time in our service where we lay before God our concerns, our joys, and our very selves in prayer, I invite you to remain seated, to kneel, to stand, to come to the altar rail so that your body and your spirit can be in an attitude of prayer as the choir leads us in our call to prayer. Lead me, Lord. Lord Jesus, great physician, good shepherd, disarming savior, teacher, we come before you this morning bound together, body and spirit, ligaments and sinews, individual persons of your creation, but also one body drawn together in your love. Our bodies and our spirits have need of your guidance and sustenance this morning. Sometimes, Lord Jesus, we do not send down roots and build upon your foundation, but we let ourselves be tossed about by the winds of this world. Sometimes in pursuit of human tradition and human knowledge, we forget our own human limitations, our own human vanities, 
and our own human frailty. We receive the message that our bodies do not matter, and we give the message that others' bodies do not matter. We receive the message that our souls do not matter, and we give the message that others' souls do not matter. Ground us in your saving love, Lord Jesus, so that we grow with the growth that is from you. We are weary with the worries of this world. Our bodies are tired, and our sin-sick souls are in need of your care. Jesus, great physician, we pray that in these months you give rest to our bodies, peace to our minds, and refreshment to our souls. May those who are sick feel the comfort of your healing presence. May those who are overheated find relief in your cooling balm. And may those whose minds are heavy laden find rest. When we are overwhelmed by a narrative of fear, Good Shepherd, we remember the words of those who came after your beloved disciple who wrote, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. When we find ourselves spurred to action or judgment out of fear, Good Shepherd, lead us to your still waters so that we will know that we need not fear night terrors or day arrows. Disarming Savior, we are reminded that our earthly rulers and powers have no power before you. Your humility on the cross disarms the rulers and authorities and triumphs over the powers and principalities of this world. When those who wish to lead us ask our full trust in their ability to save us in this life, to make us rich or powerful or strong, help us not be conformed to this world, but rather transformed by the renewing of our minds. Help us to remember our citizenship, our first and primary citizenship, is in heaven. And Jesus, teacher, we are so grateful that you taught us how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Good morning. We extend our warm welcome to all of you again on this equally warm day in July. 
Thank you for joining us as a part of our community of worship today, whether you are here in the sanctuary, listening on the radio or live stream on the internet, or later via our podcast. For those of you who are sitting in the sanctuary, we invite you to fill out your name and contact information in the red pads found along the center aisle of each pew. This will help us to get to know you better and you to get to, get to know one another better. Next week, our preaching series on A Luke and Horizon will continue with Dr. Mark Davies, Wimberley Professor of Social and Ecological Ethics at Oklahoma City University and Boston, a Boston University School of Theology alumnus. We are excited to hear what he has to share with our community. Following the service, a coffee hour will take place in the marsh room on the lower level of the chapel. We invite all of you to join us for a snack and a beverage in fellowship with our community. Now, as the ushers wait upon us for the offering, may we remember that it is a gift and a discipline to be a giver.
creating creative God, with our gifts we praise you. Lord Jesus, good shepherd, guide us in your ways of righteousness. Holy Spirit, friend and companion, walk beside us on life's journey. Amen. Now, may the goodness and mercy of the Almighty follow you all the days of your life as we escape our imaginary boxes to bless the world with our affirming presence. Grant us through deep commitment to be ambassadors of the love, peace, and global fellowship that is endeavoring to be delivered through each one of us. So be it, and so it is. Let everyone say, Amen.